Welcome to episode 14 of the one-to-one career conversation podcast. This week we're meeting with Mira Gokhani. Mira and I used to work together on the Marriott Digital Services team in 2017 and 18. I can't say enough good things about Mira. She's hardworking, she's passionate, and she's also very driven too. I think this is testament to her setting up her own business called a to me a unique digital marketing agency, bringing together a unique network of individuals with a lot of focus on the retail space. This was the real reason why I wanted to speak to Mira, learning a little bit more about this new adventure of hers, and also getting to understand a little bit more about how she's adapting in the time of need. Mira joined me for around 35 minutes. We chat a wide range of topics, including working and living in different countries and very different cultures, working during large states of change, managing large teams, and being very genuine and getting to know your team too. That's something that Mira does exceptionally well and brought a huge amount of experience and knowledge to the group. She's also great at staying on top of her knowledge and she talks a lot more about that in the podcast too. So here's my conversation with Mira Gokhani. Hey Mira, how are you? Hey, good, thank you. How are you? All good, all good. So um, so let's talk about your career in marketing and hospitality. How did it all begin? So I started, um, uh, after I graduated in, in law, um, I started out working for an NHS provider company um, as business and marketing manager. Um, so it was basically my first job out of uni. So it was a startup and I was doing everything from accounts to bidding on tenders but also doing marketing um, and it's actually there where I gravitated to the whole digital marketing piece because I was also responsible for building out their kind of branding logo website email marketing and um, so yeah that that's where it where it all began in, in marketing and in 2014 you took a role in Dubai um, progressing to an area uh, digital marketing manager for Abu Dhabi KSA and Levant what was involved in in that role? It sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, it was cool. So um, originally, when I moved out um, to Dubai um, to work for Starwood, I was looking after a small portfolio of hotels, around nine or ten, um, as digital marketing manager. Um, and at that time, um, the pipeline seemed to be growing um, quite rapidly. Um, so during my kind of two and a half years that passed, I was in Dubai, um, the, the pipeline grew, and um, we then decided to split out the area. So before, I could have been doing hotels in. Saudi Arabia and in Dubai, whereas that then we decided to split it out by market. So it just enabled us or me in that particular role to um, essentially look at market trends and actually kind of get down to the nitty gritty of that portfolio of 25 hotels. So there were also two other team members that were supporting. I wasn't um, on my own, um, but it just gave me like an overall insight to, to those um, key hotels in those areas. So, yeah, definitely very cool. And how was it living and working in Dubai? Dubai was amazing, literally so much fun. Um, yeah, best experience. I made a lot of um, really good friends actually within the work setting. I think when you live in Dubai, your your friends are your family because obviously you're out there on your own, you're living that expat life. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of fun. Um, different, very different work culture, um, I would say to the UK. Um, but yeah, definitely an experience to remember. Why was it different to the UK from a work culture perspective? Why, what was different about it? I don't know whether it was because I'd gone from a startup to a corporate. Like, I think that that was also a contributing factor. Um, but I just think in terms of meetings, culture, you know, you, you'd walk into a meeting with an owner, 
who was male, you wouldn't necessarily shake their hand if they were local, for example. So I think that took a little bit of time getting used to. Um, but other than that, yeah, it was it was it was good. I think it was probably yeah, the biggest thing was probably the corporate to the, the, the startup differentiation, actually. And you took that step to move abroad to experience new things. Can you maybe share one to two things that you learned during your time abroad that maybe others could learn from? One of the main things I would say, and, and like a key takeaway I had, is to to have resilience. Um, when I moved out to Dubai, I think I was quite, not would say narrow-minded, but I mean, I, I was born and brought up in Leicester. I studied in Leicester. I went to university in Leicester. I got my first job in Leicester, um, which is great. Love it here. Um, I'm here right now, which is why I say here. So love Leicester. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just surround yourself in a little bit of a bubble. Um, whereas I think, and, you know you're very protected in that bubble and then all of a sudden moving out there moving abroad you need to have resilience you know you you go and you try and get a flat um you know it gets it get taken in within half an hour or, you know there are just so many different experiences that don't necessarily go the way you think that they would go so i think yeah if you if you're resilient that that will get you really far yeah and the, i guess the the drive just to come back from knockdowns maybe is probably another good Good way if you're saying like oh my apartment got taken in half an hour and you've got to go again and you've got to keep going you've got to keep going like i just would never have imagined it i just thought oh okay i've seen an apartment that i like um you know i'm living in a hotel right now i've seen an apartment i want it and i'll get it but it doesn't work like that you know you, your electricity doesn't get switched on for a week and i'm sure this happens everywhere but for me going abroad was definitely where i kind of learned that and then in 2016, you moved back to London to become the acting head of marketing for the UKI hotels for um, SPG hotels or Starwood hotels. What was involved in that role and how was the transition? So, um, yeah, that role um, was really um, interesting. Um, that was a portfolio of Star legacy Starwood hotels at the time um, across the UK and Ireland. So there were nine um, hotels at the time. And that was very different because it was the actual full marketing mix as well it wasn't just the digital side of things so I was doing things or approving things like breakfast menus for a hotel as well as implementing an SEO strategy so I think it was definitely um, the full marketing mix looking after multiple hotels but I had a really great team um, to support me that was also my first role where I had um, direct reports um, which again was a really good experience and they made it made my life a lot easier which was really great. And how was the transition back to London from Dubai? Two very amazing cities, but also very different as well. So how was it working in those two different cities? It was really, it was great. I mean, they're quite similar um, in terms of, you know, the buzz. You, you, you know, you work hard, you play hard in Dubai and you work hard and you play hard in London. So I think in that regard, um, the transition was was easy. Um, working for the, well, I say same company, um, was also easy. But I mean, on the day that I moved back, to London was the day that um, the acquisition of Marriott and Starwood actually went through as well. Um, so I mean that was a, quite an interesting journey. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall it was easy. And with with me, I think I was very ready to come back from Dubai as well. I'd done my you know two and a half year stint. So yeah, it was it was it was good. I was good. It was good to be home basically. And you mentioned that acquisition. It was a huge undertaking for everyone involved. Looking back at that time, is there any key takeaways that you you would think, oh, wow, I really learned that during that period. Basically, I would say being open to change, like change. Like be, if you can manage 
change um, you can go through anything I think if you work yourself up and um, you know uh, the, the industry is going through that right now as well right in terms of we don't know it's unknown we don't know what's going to happen we don't know what organizations are going to look like so that's probably the biggest kind of takeaway from that acquisition that I took away um, and actually it's kind of seen me through the last you know two three years as well um, so yeah and and you mentioned that that um it was the first role that you managed a team how was yeah. that experience like how did you approach it yeah i think the way in which i approached it um was looking at it kind of two ways so i was a part of quite a large team when i was working in dubai and you know you really there are certain things that people do you know even if they're very small like you know whether it's gratitude or I, I don't know, just there are just certain things that you pick up on. And there were a lot of those things that happened whilst I was in Dubai, where I was like, oh, actually, I want to be like that. If I've got a team, I want to make sure that actually I implement that or the, the flip side of it, actually, whereas I feel like I didn't get X, Y and Z. So I want to make sure that, you know, I, I implement that within my team. So, again, they, they were just so lovely and made my life um, a whole lot easier as well. And then in June 2018 you took the role of um, senior manager on the Marriott digital services team for the Europe region and that's actually where we got to work together for the first time can you give an overview of the role and um, what you were up to in that in that job yeah so um, gosh that seems like ages ago but actually it was only it does two, well, doesn't it? it feels like a lifetime ago um, but it was only two years ago I guess yeah. um, so yeah um, when I came obviously on board with Marriott digital services um, it was really around, um, correct me if I'm wrong, actually, unless I'm miss, missing some, some elements of my job description. Um, yeah, managing the team um, was, a, was a really big part. Um, so that was great. And um, also looking after and like growing our portfolio of hotels. So I think when I joined Marriott Digital Services, we had 800, 800 sorry, 180 hotels in our portfolio. And obviously at, over the last couple of years, we've, we've seen that grow um, quite quite largely um, and then also owner relations the, the kind of working with our franchise organization and then continent partners as well has, has been quite a large part of um, that role and as you mentioned they had a, a large team eight to ten direct reports in different countries and different parts of europe and also different parts of their career some very experienced some starting out in their career how did you manage this any key learnings that you want to share yeah so i mean again really lovely team um, key learnings i would say is just ensuring that you understand everyone because everyone to your point is so so different different individuals different parts of their career so i think my biggest um kind of what, what i wanted to set out to achieve was to understand everyone understand their needs understands you know what they like what they don't like and their, their career aspirations as well so i could essentially help um so yeah just being able to adapt to individuals differently and you know speak to them differently you know some people like to have um calls some people like to chat on slack i think it's just understanding them to kind of help help them essentially but again i've come into oh sorry carry on i i've come into marriott so it was so um it was different right i was learning all these new tools and systems and and all there was all of that element so i think yeah being able to like balance those was was, was quite a big challenge as well but again they helped me they were really great so you mentioned there about learning about the team and understanding them more how would you do that is it just through questions is it just talking to them is it is it getting them to fill in a survey what are your best tips on getting to know your your team 
Yeah, so definitely not filling out a survey. I think it's just about being personable and getting to know people. Um, I mean, I know, you know, to my point earlier, I know that when someone took an interest in me, even if it's just about asking about how my mum and dad are, you know, that's important to me. So I would appreciate that. So I think it's in the same way and, and doing it in a genuine way as well, um, not just... I'm asking about your dog because I have to ask about your dog. You know, I, I want to, I think that being genuine um, and being personal is so important. So I think getting to know everybody to then be able to adapt to like, you know, their ways of working would be my biggest tip. Yeah. I quickly learned about you that it was, if you, if you found a glass of bubbles, you were completely fine. <laughs> exactly that. That's all but, I need. <laughs> that, that's all you need on a, not at maybe 10 o'clock in the morning, maybe a cup of coffee at that point. But, um, yeah, coffee morning, Prosecco anytime after like three o'clock. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, and recently you founded um, a to me a digital marketing consulting, specializing in social media, content, paid media, marketing. So let's talk about that. Can you talk through what's involved and why you set the set the consultancy up? I set up a to me actually um, as we've been kind of going through um, the current pandemic um, I wanted to help and kind of also just keep my brain ticking as well um, I can't sit still as you know for too long um, so yeah it was it was actually originally just about you know getting some freelance work in um, and, and supporting um, some businesses with digital um, I soon realized that actually I was getting um, quite a few little bits of work in here and there and I wasn't able to manage it just on my own just time wise um, so that's when I thought about actually I have this huge network of people in hospitality who have been also impacted by this pandemic like I have so that's when you know I start to think about one thing and then I get these million ideas in my head um, so I thought about actually let me let me look at who I can help who's been impacted who needs that kind of freelance marketing um, work at the minute as well um, and it's kind of snowballed since then actually so I'm, I'm supporting with um, paid media campaigns at the moment website builds um, a bit of branding and you know the content side of things as well um, and essentially my idea is to be able to help businesses bounce back from this pandemic you know obviously given you know a lot of people have had to stay closed is about how how we can help them digitally at an affordable price but also having this great kind of network of marketeers be it specializing in seo or social or paid media whatever it is we just now all of a sudden built this network to, to be able to support them so it's kind of like a mutually, mutually beneficial way of working and are you just working with hotels or are there other industries involved too no so there are other industries too so um hotels um but also like e-commerce so um retail um online retail um and also healthcare as well um again drawing back to my initial experience of working with the nhs so yeah everything so how how is the industry digital marketing wise for obviously you're very experienced in hotels and travel is it much different in healthcare or retail yeah it's super different um it's, it's really interesting actually i mean travel will always be my passion um but yeah it, it's very interesting just to see people have different priorities people have different ways of measuring success um so it it's it, it is different i mean the principles of digital marketing remain the same but um yeah i think especially again coming back to the whole how corporates look at things versus how startups look at things again that's quite um different um 
challenging yet interesting. And just a few days ago, you wrote a blog about shifting strategy to driving online sales, specifically targeted at retail. Can you talk through the four recommendations that you shared in that blog and maybe a quick overview of it? Yeah, absolutely. So I wrote that. I honestly think I've become, I don't know whether you watch Sex and City or know of Sex and City, but uh, I'm aware of it. Like I didn't watch it. I think I've become Carrie Bradshaw because I all of a sudden, so actually the reason why I wrote that blog post was as I was sitting there watching the 10 o'clock news and Leicester, it literally got announced that Leicester's gone back into lockdown again. So I was just thinking, you know, we, we've sat here for so many months. There's a lot of businesses that may have thought, oh, I wish I'd done this when we went into lockdown. Before you know it, the three months is over, things are opening again. And that digital marketing kind of mindset or digital mindset kind of goes out the window. Um, so I wrote this blog basically to say, look, this is a real, real good opportunity for us to think about how we can shift our strategy to digital. You don't need to panic. This could happen again. This could last you know another month another two months how can we like help you you don't necessarily have to wait until you can physically open your doors again um so it was really around um incorporating a digital um, strategy into your marketing plan um, or at least having a digital marketing plan if you don't have one already um so that i think is just super important because often you know there are so many touch points that you would just forget forget about whether it's email marketing or your website, whatever it is. So um, that was definitely one. Two is making sure you're like keeping your website um, refreshed as well at the end of the day. A lot of people um, are going to be doing that. It's going to be a competitive market. So, you know, make sure you stand out from the rest, do something a little bit different from your competitors. Um, three, making sure your inventory is ready. Um, it's funny because we I was working at right, right, right at the beginning um, with a company and we'd set up an online store, but actually we, you know the, the inventory side of things just wasn't quite there yet it was like oh we sold three of these products do we actually have three of these products in, st- in store uh, can we ship them out tomorrow like we promised so i think that that it all comes down to like step by step at the end of the day but i think that's super important and then lastly it's just around implementing some marketing tactics so i put one in about delivery because paying for delivery is a pet peeve of mine um but it doesn't have to be right i mean i'll i'll put things in my i think i references as well i'll put things in my basket i'll pay 50 60 pounds but i'll see a 499 delivery and i'll abandon my car so it's just a few tips and tricks like just incorporate it in the price say it's free delivery it doesn't have to be um but just say it get it out there so that's going to help encourage the kind of um online buyer essentially have you seen any companies whether they be big or small it just in the last few months be particularly innovative i think asos are amazing um i mean i I shop a lot on asos um so it's probably why i think they're amazing but i think they've really um kept up to date with you know, the current affairs. So I'll give you an example, actually, of ASOS. I buy a particular um, makeup brand called Charlotte Tilbury. Um, Charlotte Tilbury has zone stores. I mean, it's available, you know, in, in huge retailers like John Lewis, for example. Um, but for, but in, in the course of this um, pandemic, ASOS decided to actually work with Charlotte Tilbury and have their products on there. Now, I'm like an ASOS premier, so I get um, ASOS delivery, free next day delivery, Large data. So actually, for them to have that on on their site is just it's just amazing. And it's not just that that one works for me, but there are so many that they're then working with. It just makes you know I only now need to go to ASOS to get 
my makeup to get my trainers to whatever it may be yeah th- there's been so many examples of good and quick innovation we were just chatting before we started recording about the restaurant i went to where you're scanning qr codes on yeah. tables to get menus i think given time people will be innovative and now and i'm sure you've seen this like you can stand up websites pretty pretty easily um and you can even start selling products pretty easily whether it's shopify or whatever it might be there there's so many good tools out there that people can use so yeah even even instagram shop facebook shop it's just amazing to be able to have these plugins on social networks people are encompassed all in one so yeah i think there's a lot more of that to come and i think the more kind of um flexible you can be um you know it would definitely be a win so i read recently about facebook and instagram shop i I say read i I skimmed an article about it and it was fairly recent development are you able to talk a little bit about that and what what was kind of the, the big change recently um, so, so funnily enough, I've actually only just um, started using um, Facebook um, shop and then Instagram shop has just launched. So I've not actually set that up for one of the companies that I'm working for. But I, I mean, so far, it's, it's very seamless. It's very, it's very user friendly. Um, it's easy to you know, set up, but it's also just easy for the user. So, I mean, you'll be on Facebook. You see, you know, you see something that you like, you tap it, you go straight to the website you're good, you're there, you're, you're, you've got your customer where you want to be. And, and Instagram's launched the same thing um, as in as a part of it. So again, it's just about that user experience, you know, getting them to the, to the cart without them actually really realizing. So having that infrastructure by the likes of Facebook is just makes, especially these small, it's so much easier for these small businesses. You don't need to invest millions and you don't need to spend months and months doing it to your point. It's frictionless. That's ultimately, I think, probably the message. Yeah, that's a really good way of, yeah, describing 100%. Yeah. It's, just, it's just easy. I always think about my own experience on things like Amazon, and you, you'll be sat there and you think, oh, I, I need this. Then you type it into Amazon, and, it, and it's at a price that you're probably willing to pay. Yeah. So you tap it, swipe to the right, and the next, you know, it, it's, it, it, and it's coming the next day or in yeah. two days' time. and. So, okay, well, I've just bought that and I'll, I'll move on with my life. And I, I love it. The number of deliveries I've had during um, lockdown, there's probably been like a, one a day and or I'm ordering not in like ice trays. Like I don't, I don't necessarily need an ice tray, but you know, I've ordered one anyway. It's, it's great. It's ease of transactions. This is it. So one of the key reasons you list on your website why companies should work with you is an ever-changing developing skill set and how you keep on top of learning. How do you do this? Are there any key resources that you use? The way in which I do it, the main thing is probably read, read, read. I love to read. Uh, probably where my uh, desire, my law degree um, comes in handy as well. Um, so that's the one, one thing that I do um, to keep on top of things, especially within digital, because the things that, as we've just discussed, ever-changing. Um, so you might not necessarily get a tutorial or a webinar on Instagram shop yet, but you need to know how to use it and kind of set it up. So definitely reading and keeping up with current affairs. But then again, you know, there are um, trainings, there's so much available online um, to to access. Um, so I think it's just so important um, to, to keep up to speed with that and, and just learn um, as much as possible. If you were looking back at your career when it started out in law, what do you wish that you had known when you were starting that out that you now know? I think that the thing, things take time, you know, there, there are, there's a, a, a process and, and, you know, you can't go from A to me 
straight away. He takes, I love that. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> have you just um, thought of that or have you been thinking that for a while? No, I literally just thought of that because I was actually going to say A to Z and I was like, oh, hold on. Um, no, but you can't, it takes time. And I think you probably know this as well. I'm, I, I have a tendency sometimes to get a little bit too excited and a bit overambitious about certain things. But I think if you can kind of, yeah, go with the process, I, I, I wish I kind of knew that um, then, but I think I've learned it along the way, so... If you look at the current events, you reference them briefly, they've impacted people's lives more than what we could ever know. Again, just before we started recording, we were talking about like, if, if we were sat here in February, who'd have thought that we were, would be talking about this type of conversation in, in July? It really has changed a lot of just general day-to-day questions. The first thing you get asked when you get on the phone is like, how are you? Are you staying safe? Yeah. And things like that. How do you think the impact of COVID-19 has changed your thinking on work firstly and then just life in general? Work-wise, um, is, is that weirdly enough given me a lot more confidence? I think I found myself second-guessing myself a lot. Um, I, I would always just think twice if I was to speak in a meeting or, you know, I want to just double check. I'd, you know, I, I'd probably turn to you a million times, but am I thinking right or is this good? And, and that's, there's nothing wrong in that. I think it's always good to seek that. Um, but I think with a to me I've not had that person to go to I'm that person and so it's just I've just felt a lot more empowered to be like actually I've got this I can do this Um, and don't get me wrong I will vote you know if I I want a second opinion or you know you want a sounding board that obviously that will remain Um, but I think for me personally that's been like kind of biggest development biggest learning throughout this um, work-wise personally I think I've just you know I've just actually really enjoyed taking a step back and actually having time to switch off. Usually we're on the go so much. Um, you know, there's, there's just, it's just constant, nonstop, you know, be it travel, be it work, being out and about. So I think being able to just take some time um, at the beginning to just, you know, just appreciate the smaller things in life. It sounds very cliche, but actually that that's been the best thing. Yeah. I think I agree with both of those points. I think, the ability to fuel confidence is is amazing. I think often previously people might think, oh, what are people going to think if I do this? Exactly. Um, and it's, it's a bit like this podcast in some ways. Like um, I often thought before, like, oh, pe- people may say something or what, what they think. And and now it's like, we well, just get given a little bit of a boost and the kick in the right direction and you, you go and do it. Exactly. From a personal side, yeah, I mean, I can't remember the last time that for three months in a row, been home for dinner every night and slept, you know, always, as you said, like traveling or eating out. It's certainly been an interesting time, but one that I think when you look, when we look back on this in like 20 years time, you'll always remember what 2020 was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I, I've, I've enjoyed it and don't get me wrong. I've had my meltdowns like, and I don't even, uh, I don't have kids um, to look after and be homeschooling. I mean, I've hundred percent had my meltdowns during this time, but overall, I think, you know, yeah, it's, it's been good. It's been really good. If you were to look at, let's say six months down the line, 2021, which is, um, a good thing. I actually uh, heard the other days, like, let's hope that 2020 is a second half team because it, we're now in the second half of the year. And yeah. let's hope that it comes back because it's been a pretty eventful year. But if you were looking six months down the line and um, what do you think the work environment will be like? I think it's going to change. I think, I think things will start to resume. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for 
remote working and you know I think that that's great but I still think you know there is nothing like having face-to-face meetings so the the work and the productivity that you get done when you're face-to-face versus over um, a zoom or a call or a slack or whatever it may be just is really different and I think people will start to realize that however I don't think it will go back as soon as six months time to how how it once was I think that that work culture is going to change um with Marriott I think we've always been quite fortunate it's it's always been quite a lifestyle you know we've had the opportunity to be able to work from home if need be um so I think for us we're not you know it would it wouldn't be um as much of an adjustment whereas I think other companies corporates things would it would be yeah, I think I think we were set up for success in some ways with the systems and tools that were just ingrained in our nature. Exactly. Things like Slack or Zoom or or um, yeah. GoToWebinar, whatever it might be. And, uh, you know, some of the companies that you saw didn't have that. So we're having to set that up quickly and that's always tough. Yeah. I it, yeah, I don't think it's going to go back. I think I do miss having a coffee in the office or... Yeah walking to starbucks with somebody or just that that five or ten minute meeting um now it's a five to ten minute slack call which is um not quite the same but we'll see how it develops so you never know i think i remain optimistic just because i i like that like again like paying for my own press coffee in the morning unnecessarily so uh yeah let's see (laughs) i would enjoy our times of uh sitting in the black sheep um that used to be my little office (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly and, that. Just strolling out there and having a nice coffee. But in some ways, it, it's a it's a bit of a routine more than anything. You could have the per, like, but it, it's the small things. And I was actually talking to to somebody uh, last weekend, and we were talking about the office and 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 that, and how it's not necessarily being in the office that we miss. It, it's the small thing of. Um, driving down the 270 highway and listening to a podcast for 20 minutes or calling it at Starbucks and seeing the same barista behind there giving you the cold brew or whatever you want or going into Pete's coffee in the office and seeing lady there and then says how's your how's your daughter it was whatever you know there was those connections those 30 second one minute moments actually throughout the day you didn't quite realize what they meant and now you roll out of bed and you go to your <laughs> office and you never really leave your house and you're like, okay, well, I need to now, you need some of those uh, 30 second, one second, uh, one minute moments, the water cooler conversations. If, if yeah, you yeah. It's true. actually that's one thing that has kind of seen me through um, kind of lockdown, if you like, is establishing that routine. So even if it was making my smoothie in the morning, having my smoothie, then making my coffee and having that. And I kind of did that every day. Um, I made like kind of fell into that habit, but I did it. And that's what you then kind of feel comfortable about. So actually, yeah, it's exactly that when the office culture as well, it's walking down the street, going to get your coffee. It's, it's, yeah, I agree with that. So one thing I always struggle with is telling family members or parents what I do for a living. So if, (laughs) if I was to ask your parents what you did for a living, what would they say? This is actually really funny because I um I had this um, conversation with my mum literally yesterday. Um, so if I was if I asked them that exactly now, my mum would be she would take with full of confidence. She would say, "Digital marketing." That's it. That's sorry. And I would I'd probably probe and I'd say, "So what does that mean?" 
and like, you know advertising advertising for people on their website that kind of thing so yeah i mean actually to be fair my parents have a pretty good understanding now um, of what i what i do but it's um funny my mother-in-law always says that i work in it or does something <laughs> does something with computers um that's right. actually really hilarious because there's a lot like older generation still tell people i'm a lawyer i mean i'm not <laughs> it's out there no. now <laughs> You, I mean, you've not been a lawyer for about six or seven years, right? So. <laughs> I mean, I, no, I only studied law. I just didn't qualify as a lawyer, so it's, it's, it's hilarious. I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> okay, so I have some quick-fire questions for you. When working with you, what are two behavioural qualities that others have to show on a daily basis? Um, I'd say um, being motivated um, and then being passionate. Like, I think there's nothing worse when people are in work when they feel like they have to be in work. So don't get me wrong. I mean, we all have tedious parts of our job, um, but in general, I think usually because I'm so fired up, I, I, I love it when um, others are the same. And then what is one unacceptable behavior at work that you just do not tolerate? Um, I mean, the obvious one, the obvious one um, would, would be just like kind of bullying and just being mean i mean i hate that i feel like you should just be kind to everybody um but also the other thing that i really don't tolerate um is actually not um like showing your like when people don't show their gratitude um i, I just think it's, it's so nice when someone even just sends you a thank you email and um i would you know i i like to do the same you know with, with, with people i work with so i think that that's super important have you seen actually on that? Have you seen any unique ways of showing gratitude in the workplace? I was going on holiday to Miami, if you remember, um, and we had a big owners meeting. And um, as a way of thank you, you sent me a um, a trip. What's it called? The um, oh, the Everglades trip. Everglades trip. Yeah, yeah. that was like really nice. That was like, actually really lovely. Really touched by that. Because it's different as well, you know, like, I think you can, you can give a bottle of wine or a bottle of bubbles, which I would also appreciate. Um, but, <laughs> but this is, that's actually a very unique way. Yeah, I think the more that you can imprint on somebody a memory like that, um, yeah. that, that's so powerful in it. And, and sometimes it doesn't even have to um, cost cost money yeah. right? It's, it, it can be, a, it can be an email. It, there was a company called handwritten.com which yeah. was was amazing like so with this company you you uh, build an excel sheet online and you you write um your message and you pick a handwriting style and and all that type of stuff and you can send them on bulk or you can do them individually and it'll actually send what looks like a handwritten note to somebody through through right. the mail so if you think about engaging with customers or even your team and I mean, I don't personally have the neatest handwriting in the world, but yeah. it, it enables you to do that on scale quickly. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'll probably let some people into a secret here, but we, we did a, uh, a training class. It was probably 40 people or so. And we wrote, we got this company handwritten.com to write 40 personalized welcome notes with a picture of the location on the front and then a handwritten Welcome to such and such city. We hope you have a good time. If you need anything, then let us know. Probably about five or six people said, did you really sit there and write all of those? And I said, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. I did. I did. That's amazing. Said, I think that's really a good idea. It's a lovely idea, actually. And anything, again, it comes out to being personable. Like, I just think that, that that's so nice. Yeah, per personal wins. 
every yeah. and, and, and and i guess also including in in uh in marketing too you can serve the right product to the right person yeah. when you've won right and that's personalization but i would say one thing is i think it needs to be genuine as well like um just as i um, have been obviously researching to a lot into little, lots of different programs rather for a to me um there there have been some automated like tool you know crm tools um and you know in the demo videos it's like oh ask uh ask chris how his holiday was and it, it's, it's a reminder and it tells you and i understand the, the logic behind that and and why people do that um but again for me that's not because you care about how Chris's holiday was, it's because it's a sales tactic and I want you to, you know, buy with me or shop with me, whatever it may be. Whereas I think, so I think that that genuine thing um, is super important. Okay, well, thank you so much for your insights, Mira. I've really appreciated the conversation that we've had today. What, what we'll do is we'll link um, A to me in the show notes. So if anyone wants to know more and, and, and connect with you, then they can. And we'll also link your uh, LinkedIn profile. But Thanks for sharing your experiences, your time. It was interesting to hear about your career and, and how it's grown. So again, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure talking to you. So there we have it, the conversation with Mira Gokhani. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I personally found her insights around being a genuine leader, one of the key highlights of our conversation. Also how she takes time to get to know her team just by asking them questions and understanding a little bit more about them to enable her to do her job more effectively. Also her insights into the different working cultures between London and Dubai were fascinating and something that she clearly took on as a as a big project to go learn something new and clearly got a lot out of it. The second point which I thought was really interesting was her answer to how COVID-19 has changed her work life and also her personal life just in general. While I expected to hear and did hear around how it's given opportunity to slow down and less travel and things like that, I didn't expect to say to gain more confidence and I think that's probably a really good thing to to come out of times like this is giving people more confidence whether it's Mira setting up A to me something that if you'd have asked me in January and February would she have done probably not that's not because I believe that she couldn't do it I just think that of course times are very different then Mira is uber talented and I'm sure she'll be a success at anything that she lays her hand to especially A to me as that grows and I'm personally really excited to see it develop and grow into whatever Mira wants it to be so a really insightful conversation a great 35 minutes as i said before i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did thanks once again for downloading episode 14 of the one-to-one career conversation podcast this podcast is available on apple Podcasts, spotify anchor breaker google Podcasts, and probably anywhere else that you enjoy podcasts make sure you hit subscribe to be notified of new episodes if you like today's conversation with mira please rate and review the show especially in itunes as it really does help us out You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the one-to-one pod. Thanks for listening.